Hello and welcome to the Behind the Artist podcast with Park West Gallery. I'm Gallery Director Morris Shapiro. If you'd like to view works of the artists I'm interviewing and learn more about them, please visit our podcast site with links to more content at parkwestgallery.com forward slash podcast. International art dealer Park West Gallery is proud to present our new podcast series, Behind the Artist. Each episode will be talking to popular contemporary artists to learn the stories and inspiration behind their extraordinary artwork and fascinating careers. My admiration for the artist Tim Yankee runs deep. When I wrote the introduction to his book, I titled it Courage and Humility. And not only do I still believe he possesses these rare qualities, but I see them continuing to grow on an almost daily basis. Born and raised in the gritty city of Detroit, Tim's work ethic was instilled at a pretty early age. His discovery of abstract expressionism as his artistic calling, his deeply felt love of the American West, his love of music and its influence in his work, and his emblematic images like the dragonfly, the American flag, and, and a lot of others are many of the topics Tim covers in this segment. He also, for the first time, discusses his remarkable entry into the Park West world, which is sure to surprise you. This is Behind the Artist, in no frills, just real and deep conversation. I'm Morris Shapiro, and I hope you enjoy this journey into the life and art of Tim Yankee. So, Tim, thanks for being with us. I've been uh, really looking forward to this uh, segment for a long time. Um, Likewise. Thanks, Morris. My pleasure to have you with us. I know our listeners are going to really enjoy hearing about your story. It's fascinating. And lots of interesting insights into the Park West world as well. I think you're one of the most courageous artists when you consider the fact that you you walked away from a you know, Fortune 500 career where you, you know, were supporting a family, making a good living, and chose to become an artist. Uh, and beyond that, the fact that you're an a- you chose to be an abstract artist, which yeah, is even more elusive sure. for most people. Yeah. And then you're one of the most humble and, and beautiful people I've met. You're just a genuinely, you know, wonderful person. And uh, so, I've been, like I said, I'm really looking forward to this. Um, I'd like to know a little bit about your your family, um, your background. Uh, you your your father was Italian and your mother was German. Is that what it was? Uh, the other way around. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And they came to the states early 20th century, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, my uh, my mother was the first generation uh, born here. Uh, same with my father. Uh, both grandparents both uh, came from Europe, uh, Germany and uh, Italy. In fact, my, my grandfather, uh, my mother's father, he was 15 years old. He was born in 1899. He was 15 years old when he came over. Uh, didn't have two nickels to rub together, you know, and did not know the language at all. And here he is venturing out, you know, across the ocean to, to see what this America is all about. So my grandfather came through, both sets of grandparents came through uh, Ellis Island uh, and found their way to, uh, to Michigan and Detroit. Uh, my grandfather on my father's side, uh, the, the German uh, had a job as uh, Henry Ford's personal butcher. So <laughs> that, uh, That's something you don't hear every day. <laughs> no, no. And I, you know, I, I wish I would have, I, you know, when you're that young, you know you're you're hanging out with your grandfather and you're you're playing or whatever. Now I I think back of all the all the questions I've had, I would I have for both of them, you right. know, or all yeah. my grandparents, you know, coming over and venturing into uncharted waters, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's just uh, it's a gutsy thing to do. So uh, yeah, so they 
both sets of grandparents ended up in uh, in Michigan, uh, and that's. Uh, and what did your father do? He was. Uh, he grew up on the east side of uh, Detroit, and he. Uh, his dreams were to become an engineer, and I think he went maybe a year or two at a college, and then uh, my parents had six children. I'm the youngest of six children. Um, some people say my brothers call me the baby of the family. I try to I, I, I go with the youngest. You know? <laughs> so, but um, so he was uh, he put his dreams aside for a while and uh, put down the pencil and he also sketched a lot. I remember he used to draw often uh, and started working for uh, his father-in-law. You know my grandfather and and he uh, my grandfather owned a construction company uh, underground construction as well. And next thing you know, he's, he's got six miles to feed, and uh, the, the idea of being an engineer is probably, you know, slipping out the window. Uh, but uh, he provided for his family. He, uh, he worked construction for probably 40-some 40, 40 years, you know, as a heavy equipment op operator, you know. Dozers, cranes, drag lines, I mean, everything, you name it. So, uh, it, uh, and we did well. We, we had a, you know, comfortable life. Right. You know, but uh, middle class, blue -collar. middle class, yeah. and uh, I remember some of the stories. You know, I, you know, sometimes my dad would be upset because he would get in an argument with his, you know, his boss, his father-in-law. You <laughs> know, and hear about it. Yeah. So we are a very, very tight family, and, and both sets of grandparents. And uh, my my grandparents lived right around the corner from us, so they were there often for uh, yeah. for dinners and stuff. So it was a very, very tight knit family. Well, growing up in Detroit, you know, you got exposed to that uh, that work ethic. You know, you call it a gritty city. I think that's a great description for it. It is. It's you know, it's not bells and whistles and shiny. You know, it's making a heck of a comeback now. But it, the work ethic, I think, translates into my approach you, to my paintings. Yeah. Sure. Okay. I mean, yeah. perseverance and yeah. resiliency yeah. and. Uh, uh, I think that's how Detroiters are, and, and, and I'm thankful to grow up in a, in a city that has a backbone like that, and uh, uh, I'm thankful for it. I know your father, uh, when you were very young, you had an experience with your father that kind of set you on the path of making art. Pivotal so talk point. talk about that for a minute. Very pivotal point. Uh, it had to be a Sunday, because he was home. He worked six days a week. He was up before dawn, and the last one home, usually. and. Uh, and so I, I remember sketching, you know, something uh, at the kitchen table, and he was in the breezeway reading the paper, and uh, and I, I, I approached him with this drawing, and he put the paper down, and he looked at it, and uh, he told me two things. He told me that I had a great imagination and I was very creative, and I I must have grew a foot that day. <laughs> I, I I all of a sudden I I was so proud and. Uh, it, it, it could have gone terribly wrong at that point, you know. I mean, he could have been a father that just said, you know, don't quit your day job kind of, you know, <laughs> approach, you know, or, or hey, this, what's it supposed to be, or I don't get it, or you know. instead he gave me words of encouragement. And right. at that age, you know, I'm probably what five, six years old, I don't know, but he gave me words of encouragement that stick to me to this day. Mm -hmm. He didn't demean me. He mm -hmm. could have really 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 uh, changed the course of my life with just yeah. those two words of encouragement right. so right. I have him to thank that uh, he, gave, he gave me the confidence to go ahead and venture into the world like you said you know the courage aspect of it yeah. I you need that especially with abstracts yeah it's paintings you know because it's it's not white fluffy clouds and safe art that people just totally mm -hmm. get Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It doesn't include a rainbow or a cabin next to a stream that we own. You know, I don't. I'm not here to spoon feed the viewer. I'm here to display what God gave me to do. I simply take dictation 
from God. Mm -hmm. And it goes into my head. I have a thundercloud, a storm of colors that come out of my fingertips mm -hmm. onto the canvas. And it's, it's, it's so rewarding and fulfilling to paint. I can't, I can't imagine painting any other, any other kind right. of style. Right, right. Right? Well, let's talk about the, the abstract, uh, the evolution of your abstract art a little bit later. But, sure, um, sure. What I'd like to I'd like to shift now to the the idea of the um, American West in your work, because uh, a lot of your work deals with that subject and um, Southwest and the American West, Native Americans, the First Nation, and I know that comes out of your childhood as well. It sure does. So we'll talk about that. Sure. Uh, I'm 13 years old. Uh, my parents and I head out west to visit my sister and brother who were going to school up in Flagstaff, Arizona, Northern Arizona, Northern Arizona University. We head out west. Uh, I've never been past the Mississippi, and I re I can recall seeing you know I've never seen so many stars in my life in in Texas. And we drove through uh, New Mexico up to Santa Fe to check it out. We took Highway 40. It's the southern route that parallels uh, Route 66. I was just so impressed by the West. I've never seen anything like it. I saw my first tumbleweed, and I saw you know the saguaro cactus, and I was just really really moved. We checked out the Grand Canyon, so went through Sedona. Just beautiful, uh, beautiful part of the country. That's for sure. And you're hanging out in the back seat. I'm hanging out in the back seat. I had my sketch pad with me, you know, listening to the. I had my own transistor radio, and you know, I, I remember that's when that's the year that uh, the Eagles, one of these nights, came out, uh, Toys in the Attic from Aerosmith, you know. So I mean, I'm I'm listening to this, you know, tin can sounding transistor radio in my back seat, you know, jamming and just sketching my life away and just checking out the big rigs, you know, as they we would drive by and just looking out the window in total amazement of. of it was almost my own little exploration of the West, you know, mm -hmm. and it, it was it was so cool. I'll never forget it. And uh, I still have that sketch pad of, of really? the different things that I, I drew uh -huh. on my way out there. So uh, later that year, um, unfortunately, uh, we had some tragedy. My sister was heading home December 16th, 1976. Uh, she was involved in a rollover accident on uh, Highway 40 outside of Shamrock, Texas. And... Uh, you know, nobody wore seatbelts that back then, and unfortunately, uh, the driver of the car fell asleep, and the car rolled over, and my sister was thrown, and was killed uh, on the side of the highway. And it was a devastating part of our lives, our family. And you know, I'm 13, 14 years old, and you know, I dealt with it the way I guess. However, I dealt with it, but I think about my parents and how. How they how they lose their only daughter at 20 years old coming home for the holidays uh, I can't imagine uh, the strain and stress and the heartbreak that that probably provided for them and it's just you know I have two boys of our own Nikki and I have two boys of our own and 24 and 21 and I can't fathom you know ever you know burying an offspring but it was tough it brought our family really together um, my brothers and I were are, are tight because of that tragedy and it, it brought the whole unit of the family together and it's a it's it's almost the beautiful aspect of something so tragic so from that point on I um, I drew the West I sketched the West uh, you know arrowheads and headdresses or, or, or Buffalo uh, any image of the West that I remember because I it made a, a major impression on me and it 13 years old I mean it's a it's a transitional point in your life and I, I, I couldn't get enough of it. I, I thought I would grow out of it. Uh, but no, I, I constantly drew uh, buffalo skulls and feathers. And it was just, uh, I, was, I was tattooed, you know? I didn't know it at the time, but I was uh, spiritually tattooed by the tragedy that we experienced. 
and I incorporated that into my art. Yeah. And therein lies the reason why some guy from you know Detroit is painting the West, and mm -hmm. people don't realize that it is often you know people want to connect the dots. We don't understand how are you affiliated to it, and once they hear the story, they totally get it. You know, and yeah. I I almost get the affirmation like. Okay, you deserve the paint. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's okay now. It's yeah. okay now, right? Yeah, yeah because <laughs> I, I want to stress, I, I don't, I don't paint <laughs> on trends or fads or things that I think right. people want to see. Mm -hmm. Well, I think also it's important to point out that you, you've studied it. You're really steeped in the culture and the history. Uh, yes, I, I, I can't, I can't get enough of it. I, I'm constantly having my nose in a book or reading or drawing, uh, living it, experiencing it. Uh, you know, we have to, every once in a while we jones for the West and we have to go out and right. tag up and uh, yeah. go see our mountain or the blue sky, like, <laughs> like George O'Keefe says, yeah. you know, see, yes, Sedona, you know, there's just something about the West. <laughs> I mean, just the, the beauty, there, there's a certain light of the West, you know, the white of the clouds, the, the blue of the sky, the red of the dirt, especially like in Sedona. And it, there's just, it, it's just magical. It really is. And, uh, as an artist, you pick up on different areas of the world that have different light. Northern California has a certain light. Santorini, Rome, all of the, there's, they have their own kind of uh, uh, feel and vibrancy uh, of, of the sunlight. And the Southwest is by no means any different, especially Santa Fe as well. So uh, we get out there as often as we can uh, just to... Uh, Charge your battery. Just, yeah, and yeah. be born again. Mm -hmm. You know, and get out there. It is so rejuvenating. This whole new style that I just started a couple of years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, is a byproduct of a visit that we were up in uh, Santa Fe, and uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get home soon enough because there was something about, you know, I had to transition uh, my feeling and my emotional connection of that area. I had to translate it into a painting, mm -hmm. and uh, we can get into that, that later. But the, the birth of the uh, neo southwest, the neo southwest, is what you call it? Yeah, the, the neo west. Yeah. Yeah, the whole series is mm -hmm. spawned just mm -hmm. from uh, being out west. Mm -hmm. So, so I continued to draw it, and and I thought I would grow out of it as a kid. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. I drew it through uh, junior high and high school, and I just lived the west, and I couldn't get enough of it, and I thought maybe it would just go away. But here it's been 40 years later, <laughs> and you know we're on cruises around the world, yeah. and people are collecting headdress paintings right, and and in right. abstracts as yeah, well, but right. uh, things that really were near and dear to my heart, and yeah. it's, I couldn't be happier. Yeah, and it's running parallel to all of your abstract painting, as you just said, which is it, very interesting. It, it does run. You know? it, there's a lot of similarities, you know, yeah. the vibrancy, the the color palette, obviously, yeah. uh, the looseness of it. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, uh, you know, I, I don't paint very tight. I don't want a whole lot of detail. I want it to come across very, very painterly, almost abstracts in their own way. So let's talk about your abstracts, because that's another fascinating uh, aspect of your work. Um, you went to uh, North Texas State at the time. North it was Texas University State. of North Texas. University then, of yeah. North Texas, now yeah. it's North Texas State. Yes. Awesome music school, too, by the way. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So you're you're going to school there, and you're you're studying uh, graphic arts, graphic commercial arts, yeah. art, but you are picking up on the fine arts stuff too, because it's part of the curriculum. It is part of the curriculum. The, the bachelor of fine arts for a graphic arts degree. Uh, the prerequisites were a lot of art history courses, uh, obviously, and uh, you know marketing, creative, problem solving, and so on for the degree. That's when I really I. I never considered myself a painter. I didn't really care for the paintbrush. I didn't feel like it had the control. Uh, I would have the control, you know, all my life I was sketching and drawing and, and 
sharpening a pencil, if you will, uh, the thought of you know smudging paint on a canvas just freaked me out. I thought mm -hmm. there's there's I, I can't handle that. That's not how can anybody get detail with that. But then after learning about these impressionists, the French impressionists, and all these art history courses that we were taking, you know, learning what what they would do and how they would use just non-traditional colors. You know, they the, they were the fauves. You know, the wild beasts. Uh, I, those paintings, when I started to learn about them, really started to move me. And and then also learning about the abstract expressionists, you know, because that was almost a derivative of the impressionists. I think the abstract expressionists took what they were onto much farther. Mm -hmm. And so when we had our uh, when we had open labs for our painting courses for our still lifes, um, the professor would provide us uh, some lab time to go ahead and just paint whatever you wanted to paint. And I found myself gravitating to an empty canvas and not not spending my time on tightening the still life that everybody else was working on, uh, you know, making sure that the glare of the glass was perfect and everything looked exactly because I think that's, we were gauging each other by how well we could render and paint. The more it looked like that still life, I guess the better of the artist you were. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I thought we, we shouldn't be going to school to learn how to duplicate. We should be going to school to learn how to create. So back to your father. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Step out to the unknown, and that yeah. that unknown was paralleling what I was learning in my art history courses: Kandinsky, Paul Klee, uh, De Kooning. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I said, yeah, I'm going to take a stab at this. And so during those lab hours, uh, I would turn the canvas, not facing the still life, and I would just go to town. I had my Sony Walkman, and I put on my headphones. And I realized this is a lot of fun, and I'm painting and having a great time, and the music's flowing, and, and I don't have any idea where this painting's going. I don't know what colors I'm going to use. I just rely on spontaneity. If you can just surrender yourself uh, to the painting and just go along for the ride and let God and creativity take its course, to me, I, I would have so much more emotional connection with a painting of that nature than I did spending 400 hours in all these labs painting that still life mm -hmm, sure. because by the time I was done with that still life and we had to present it at the end of the semester it was just another painting it had it had actually it had no life mm -hmm. it was a duplication of something that I spent hours toiling over for the details for what reason so then the viewer could say wow that looks just like it mm -hmm. well what kind of reaction is that whereas I would have these abstracts it fostered a reaction within me. I had a connection to it, spiritual, mental, physical, emotional. Boy, I put my heart into that painting, and I will. I continue to look at these paintings, and and you can you can find different nuances in, in each painting, and and self discoveries of, you know, how that painting blended in with this, all the different layers, and then I would start to add text and words to it, and maybe something that I was listening to at the time, and I'd write over it, then I'd smudge it, and I thought. This is a runaway train. <laughs> this is a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I really, I didn't know it at the time, but I was bit. I, I, at that point, I was a painter. Yeah. And it was in me, and now it's coming out and onto it, the canvas. And isn't it interesting that here we are 30 years later, 30-some years later, yeah. and it's unchanged. It's, it's unchanged. exactly the same There's process. a beautiful lineage yeah. to this day from those lab hours or studio time at, at school to this day you know, I don't know how many times we've circled the globe together, right. you know, selling and creating art and or creating art and selling it and yeah. just meeting incredible collectors. Yeah. And to know that this is 
a byproduct of two words of encouragement. Mm -hmm. And what you discovered. And what I discovered yeah. that's in all of us, by the way. Right. That creativity and that abstract feel is in all of us. Mm -hmm. We all possess it. I put it onto canvas. Mm -hmm. It's a great gig. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so speaking of gigs, you, yes. you graduate. You got your degree in commercial art, I, and you get a gig. I get a gig, yeah. <laughs> setting press type, and you know, <laughs> at, at, at a very rudimentary kind of approach to printmaking. Um, so you're, you're back in Detroit now. Back in Detroit, yeah. I moved back to uh, from Dallas up to uh, back to Michigan, and I had a couple jobs here, but uh, for the longest time, I was trying to get into AT and T uh, with their graphic department. Uh, back then. Uh, it was a force. I mean, with with the marketing that it they was were the place doing, to be. it was the place yeah. to be. Yeah. And uh, I finally landed a job there, and it was awesome. I was a graphic comp graphic compositor. You know, they had the latest of the. You know, back then it was a Sun System. Then they went into uh, Apple and, and Macintosh. So we were trained on you know awesome programs, Illustrator and Photoshop, mm -hmm. and you know we were all very well versed artists. You know, we knew all, you know, a couple hundred fonts by heart. You know, we, we, were, we were creative people. Uh, but as awesome as that sounds, it's still stagnant in a way. Uh, you know, here I am. I didn't know it at the time, but I'm, I'm an abstract painter. You know, and to go ahead and have structure. Yeah, it's sort of ironic. Yeah, yeah. right. And, and, and to have, you know, corporate kind of, you know, the values that, you know, go with AT&T and the strict this. And, <laughs> you can't get any farther. Oh, it, it, the cubicles, uh -huh. you know, I mean, I, I was pent up. I was like, I was like, get me out of here. But, you know, there's incentives. Mm -hmm. When you have two children and, uh, and a family to support, it's a pretty good 401k. Yeah, you know? So at the same time, you're still making your abstract paintings on the side. I'm painting on the and side. And you're starting to show them now. You're showing them in art fairs and festivals fairs. and stuff. Yeah. So Nikki and I, would we would sign up for these art fairs. Back then, you'd have to uh, submit with the 35-millimeter slides. You know, you'd put them in that plastic sleeve and send them. And sometimes you'd, you'd get rejected, you know, and sometimes you were accepted. And so I can remember, you know, doing some of these art fairs where, you know, the guy next to you is selling, you know, you know, wooden paper towel holders, you know, or the other guy on the other side of you is selling weather vanes made out of beer cans, you know. And here you got these crazy abstracts, you know. But, but it was a learning, it was a learning experience. And you know what? I wouldn't trade it for the world because it was tough. You know, not everybody got it. You know, not everybody understood my art. I, I, I heard my share of, you know, razzing like, you know, hey, my kid can do that, you know, okay, you know, or, wow, I. How much you want you for want, that painting? How much you want for that? Seriously, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. so, you know, it, it, it was tough, but it gave you a thick skin. And and I kept thinking about what my father told me. I'm creative, and I got a great imagination. Boom. Mm -hmm. I'm running with that. Yeah. And perseverance, resiliency paid off. Let go, let God, and it, the future took it uh, on a shape of its own, and... I think you're really blessed that way back in college you had that moment of discovery of what you wanted to do. That's pretty amazing for someone at that young age to find that their direction. Seriously, you know, right? Really, to spend the rest of their life, you know, pursuing. For all, for all, I remember through junior high and high school wondering what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Wonder what is it? I you know, and 
it's it's almost like the meaning of life you know when you're that age mm -hmm. wow I just want a direction what do I you know mm -hmm. well I'm pretty good at sketching I you know mm -hmm. all through my elementary years I would just drew kids sketches and did tattoos on their arms and I was always drawing and they'd always come up to me hey Yankee I bet you can't draw this Yankee can you draw this and you know I drew everything from really cool you know battle scenes with tanks and airplanes and or, or, or floor. I remember drawing houses I was really into floor plans back then I was such a nerd I shouldn't say this out loud but I mean I I really got off on floor plans I really did I mean laying out houses was just like the coolest thing like you can go down this hallway and it's mm -hmm. just to this day I still I'm a, I'm a big uh, floor plan geek but uh, so drawing was always in my blood and uh, I, like I said earlier I never thought I'd be a painter but uh, it is it's it's what an un unbelievable outlet and profession to be a part of and and I know it is it's tough it's rarefied air to be at this level it really is and I uh, I'm just grateful yeah so you're you're making your abstract paintings you're taking them out to art fairs and yes. festivals and you're selling them and that's running parallel to your commercial gig yes. at AT&T yes and then something amazing happens and that's the Art Jessup story the Art Jessup story which is the the infamous Art Jessup story <laughs> which is which is really cool this is this is uh this is fascinating so let, let's get into that well we need to cover why it's fascinating uh, <laughs> <laughs> well it's fascinating on a lot of different levels you're married to Nikki, formerly Nikki Carey. Yes. And Nikki is Albert Scaglione's stepdaughter. Right. Uh, she's the daughter of Mitzi Scaglione, Albert's wife. Wife, yes. And Albert is, of course, the CEO and founder of Park West Gallery. So um, you're submitting all your work, and yes. you have a portfolio of slides. Yes. And you're going to submit them to Park West. I'm going to submit them to tons of other artists that yes, are submitting things to exactly us. right. I, you know, there's a couple galleries in town, and there's Park West Gallery, but I don't want to go. I, I don't want to get in by any form remotely close to nepotism. I do not want my name out there. I, I want to be accepted if I am accepted by virtue of my paintings alone. So I want to be a part of that game, uh, but I have to. I can't. I can't put him under Tim Yankee, the name Tim Yankee. So I created. Um, I, I think I've seen one episode of Columbo in my entire life, uh, and <laughs> it's I, a TV it, show. Columbo. The, 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 a TV yeah. show Columbo. And I remember one of the characters on the show was called, his name was Art Jessup. You know what, I should find out. I should Google Art Jessup to find out what, what show I watched. That was a pivotal point in my life. So I picked the name Art Jessup, and I, I fulfill, I, 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 I sign all the slides, Art Jessup, and That's the title of the up. painting. And at that point, they were just strictly pastels, 30 by 40 inch pastels, that, you know, were, you know, uh, with, they had a lot of high energy uh, uh, feel to them. So I submitted probably eight to ten slides under the name Art Jessup. I didn't hear back for, you know, I gave him to Nikki. I said, can you bring, just bring these into work, you know, and see if anybody likes them. Mm -hmm. Eight, nine months goes by, I never hear a thing from anybody. Well, I said, you know what, I took a stab yeah. at it. Uh, I'll continue to do the art fairs and the art shows and stuff. And, uh, uh, and then I, um, I get a phone call uh, from... Um, the director of the gallery at the time, his name was Bill Smith. Bill Smith, yeah. yeah. Bill Smith. Bill's one of our auctioneers. He's retired now. He, yeah. uh, great guy, by the way. And um, he says, "Listen, uh, I can't. I was sitting in in your wife's office, and I came across these slides, and they were these incredible abstracts. 
And I told your wife, I said, you know what, I, this is, who is this Art Jessica yeah. guy? These yeah. are fantastic. And we're looking for an abstract artist. You were looking for, yeah. And yeah. so, you know, you take him into the room and you put him in the projector, you put him on the wall and you yay or nay it, right? I mean, you, you were there. And, <laughs> we had whole committees. You, committees. We had eight or ten people, you know, looking at all these artists coming in. So you passed the, I, passed the test. I you passed the test. You got the thumbs up from everybody. Yeah. So, so now they, uh, so the, the directors, you know, wants to interview Art Jessup, <laughs> you know, and Nikki says, well, you know who this, who these paintings are by? He goes, no, I, what's well, Tim, you know, my husband, the, your husband did these? You know, it's like, <laughs> well, let's, let's call him up. I so wow. So I remember getting the call and, uh, hey, Tim, how are you? Good. You know, uh, or should I call you Art Jessup? I said, that's funny. But, uh. He goes, we're, we're looking for an abstract artist. I came across these slides. I wish I would have came across them earlier, but uh, would you be interested in maybe uh, painting for us? You know, I, I said, absolutely. I've got a huge inventory right now. And I thought, wow, this is really, this is, this is great. And it got to the point where they were selling everything I was supplying them with. Mm -hmm. Tim, we need X amount more. Tim, can you paint so many by this day or whatever? I thought, wow, I just, I, I'm really busy. You know, now I'm taking vacation time to paint, uh, sick days, uh, working, you know, on the weekends, painting, fulfilling these orders from Park West. And I think I need to approach my wife and say, this is what I might want to do. I, I may, um, you know, hey, honey, get a load of this. I'm thinking about quitting. <laughs> my, my Fortune 500 company. How many years did you work there? Uh, 18 years. 18 I'm years. thinking about jumping ship and making it a, a career as an artist. How about that? Yeah. And not only an artist that everybody wants to see, it's gonna, I'm going to be an abstract, abstract artist. artist. <laughs> Probably the most elusive form of art right. for people to appreciate. I'm going to pick that style. Yeah. Of all the styles. You, you can't pick it. It picked you. It, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. It, 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 the career found me. That's that. It, it found its way out of me. I should mm -hmm. say, uh, wow. Like my father's words of encouragement, she says something that blows me away. It says, she says you should do this. Mm -hmm. You definitely need to do it. Look at you've been. We've been doing art fairs for for years now. You know, sometimes you do well. Sometimes you don't do so well. But it's your passion, and you need to follow your passion. Everybody should follow their passion. Now I just hope Park West calls back, and they they, they called and, back. And, and how blessed are you to have a wife like that? Are you kidding me? Two pivotal points in my life. My father could have said, you know, hang it up. You're never going to be anybody. Mm -hmm. Or she, my wife could have said, you know, well, you know, maybe we just paint on the side or whatever. We still have bills. To, you know, we could have gone the safe route. Yeah. But nobody learns how to sail in the marina. Right. Right. Yeah. You got to venture out. So I get the call, listen, Tim, uh, these paintings are going really, really well. Would you be interested in signing a contract and becoming a full-time abstract artist? Mm -hmm. Wow. I, I just realized my ship had just come in. Mm -hmm. So I hung up with, with Bill, and I walked back to my cubicle, and I looked at my desk and my chair, and you know, I thought, this is insane. I am going to put my two weeks' notice in and become a full-time painter. That, that just... That just doesn't sound right, <laughs> you know what I mean? It just, there's, but it was right, and it struck a chord with me, and I remember putting in my two weeks' notice. Now, maybe this is where the courage comes in that you were talking about earlier. Wow, I've got to fulfill. I, I, I don't, I, I've, got to, I've got to get up, and I've got to be creative all day, and I've got to fulfill demands, and I have to paint full time. And I know that really sounds like a, like a piece of cake, but you got to remember, with with AT and T, you know, I had to punch in at six forty-five, and we left at three fifteen, you know. And I, and, and when you leave, you punch out. That day of work is behind you. 
now my career, my livelihood, my finance, everything relies on paint and a paintbrush and canvas and creativity that's got to come out of my head. You now have to produce. You have to get up and go to work. You got to get up and go to work, mm -hmm. and and that's and, how it is with every good, every great artist, though. You know, I mean, it's mm -hmm. just the way it is. More, so. I was freaking out yeah. because I didn't have a manager or a boss anymore, mm -hmm. and I, I thought, well, what if I burn out? Yeah. You know, like, what if what if I don't know what to do? I don't know how to keep Suddenly books. your imagination, your creativity is going to run out. Oh, you, right. Yeah. <laughs> how can I be creative every single day for 10 hours a day? <laughs> yeah. This is insane. And that was a major concern. Mm -hmm. And so I've been painting for the gallery, let's call it 18, 20 years, you know, on mm -hmm. the side, but full time now, 11 years. Yeah. And I've yet to have a problem going into the studio. What am I going to paint today? Yeah. I go in there and I... It's art class all over again. Uh -huh. You've been to the studio. Yeah. I kick on the tunes. I turn it up. I light some incense, and I just have you go at ahead. it. Yeah. I just go at it, and I'm fortunate because I'm surrounded by you and your staff and these incredible auctioneers, and I create, I sign it, and you guys take it around the world and sell it. Mm -hmm. That talk about the the additional pressure that you came under because you're. Married to Nikki. Sure, I have to work extra hard uh, because there's expectations that I have to live up to. Uh, I just can't come and go as I please, like perhaps other artists. Kind of like my father working for his for his father-in-law. Father yeah, yeah. What do you mean? You you can't call him sick. Uh -huh. You're part of the family. Yeah. You have to set an example. Right. I am part of the family. I have to set an example. You got to keep your nose clean. You know. Don't goof off. You know, I mean, you're representing here. <laughs> Paint quality. You know, don't be an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and and so, it's got to be at the highest standards. It, it, it's got to be even higher than some of the standards of the other I, other artists. Because thanks for saying that. Because yeah. that's the pressure I feel. So, uh, it's tough. It's beautiful. It's. Uh, I'll tell you what. You know, working working with Park West and working with Albert. If you if you can work. For this tycoon, you can work anywhere. Mm -hmm. It's almost like boot camp. Uh, I, I feel like I'm a marine. You know what I mean? I'm trained in anything now. You know, anywhere I go from this point on, it's 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 a piece you, of cake. You can go do battle. Yeah, yeah. It, it, but it's incredible. He he is demanding, and he brings the best out of people. Yes, he does. He has that he gift. He really does. Yeah. And you wouldn't have gotten that with any other gallery. You know, they, some other galleries that I dealt with a long time ago. I never got to meet anybody. You know, maybe we'd have an open show, but hey, Tim, we just sold this. You know, well, we're, who were the people? That, oh, well, they live over here. I never had eye-to-eye -eye contact. I never got to learn about them or what they liked about the painting. It was very sterile. This is, this is beautiful. I get to hang out with people around the world and 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 become friends with them and hear about their children or their their lives and learn about them. Uh, it's very very interpersonal. Yeah. It's it, it's it's a it's a great well it helps communion. You, helps you grow as an artist too I to have this so. energy yep. coming back from the collector the you, person you get, who loves your oh, work and see them respond to it. The Talk feedback. about this, this this story that happened on the ship yesterday. I think it was. You yeah, yesterday he raised his hand says listen, and he's from Australia. He goes I we don't have anything Native American in our house. And we're you know here we live in Australia. 
but I saw your headdress and I just had to have it, you know, and Maury, I don't know how many times I hear something like that, you know, right. where the wife will come up to me, my husband saw your headdress and now we have four of your paintings or whatever, and it is so cool, or the emotional attachment that somebody comes up to me and says, I just got to tell you, this abstract just sings to me and it's in our living room or it's over my bed or whatever it may be, you know, there's just something about it, man, that is music to my ears, yeah. that is... It's also a validation, you know, for all your, you know, the path you're on, the path you, you know, you keep walking. Maury, that's not the first time somebody's approached me and says, you know what, your dragonflies just send me to the moon and here's why. And they go into the explaining why, why it's, it's special. Sometimes you question yourself, you know, is this painting worthy, you know? Um, well, obviously every painting's worthy to me because I sign it, but will will it be worthy to the public? Will the public understand where I'm going with this? Where, uh, but that... I can't let myself think like that. And otherwise, you're going to get into a trend or a fad or something that just bastardizes who you are. Then you're chasing the market, and then you're not being true to the collectors. Mm -hmm. How about if you just paint what's in, within your heart? And don't be concerned about your wallet. Be concerned about your spirit. Put it onto canvas, and it will find a home somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of the dragonfly, let's talk about that story. The D-fly. That's D pretty fly. intriguing. Yeah, it's one of your, probably one, one along with the headdress, the most uh, emblematic image. Yeah. Uh, the dragonfly, uh, every image I, I create has a story and a reason why I create it. The dragonfly is, is, is a great story. I grew up, uh, like I said earlier, the youngest of six children, and my mother would always point out uh, we had a garden in the back and we had a, a, a pool, actually. And so that we always had uh, uh, dragonflies flying around. But every time we would be out somewhere, whether it would be up north or on vacation, whatever, she saw a dragonfly, Timmy, Timmy, come here, look at the dragonfly. Uh, she loved dragonflies. And so they um, eventually, uh, they were big antique collectors of art glass, leaded windows, uh, stained uh, uh, leaded, leaded lamps. Uh, furniture, just old antiques that they, they loved. We would drive around the East Coast, I remember the three of us, uh, my dad's van, and we would go to these different auctions collecting um, you know, Chippendale, East Lake, you know, turn of the century furniture and glass. Well, they, they finally acquired, one of the prized possessions was a, a Lewis Comfort Tiffany lamp, uh, the Dragonfly lamp, uh, probably the most uh, significant uh, design in the Tiffany series. So they uh, they acquired this lamp, and I remember as a child, I remember looking at this lamp and just in, in total amazement when, when those lights, when it lit up uh, at night to see those jewels and that, that, that stained glass just pop uh, with that black, you know, lead outlining. Uh, it, I was just fascinated by this light. But uh, so they... <laughs> So we grew up listening to, uh, you know, don't go in the living room, you know, near the dragonfly, stay away from the dragonfly, because it was, it was an expensive lamp, you know, hand-signed <laughs> Tiffany lamp, you know, are you kidding me? So after she passed away uh, back in 2005, um, I started a whole series of dragonfly, because every time I saw a dragonfly, it reminded me of her. I also incorporate the, uh, the four meanings that the dragonflies represent to the Native Americans. That's water, fertility, spring, and renewal. So this series has, pardon the pun, just taken off, and uh, it is it is so beautiful to see the connection that other people have with this fascinating insect. Uh, I will receive, you know, Kevin Costner's DVD, the Dragonfly movie, or photos. People will email me photos. Here we are at the Grand Canyon, you know, down by the river, and we saw a dragonfly, or we're at. Disney World and a dragonfly landed on our ride and, and they send me photos all the time and it's, it's, it's so cool and so that's why when I say you, you paint from the heart 
it, it'll, there'll, there'll be a connection. Mm -hmm. Even abstracts, if you paint it from the heart, there's going to be, somebody's going to pick up on that vibe. Mm -hmm. They're going to see it and they're going to pick up on that vibe, whether it be the colors or even the title or whatever it may be. It's, it's, it's going to strike a nerve and the dragonfly has struck a global nerve and that's beautiful. Tell me about the flag. The flag after 9-11, obviously everybody, everybody became uh, uh, a patriot, but uh, I thought, okay, you know, here, my last name is Yankee. We just went through some major tragedy. I've got to do a whole series uh, as, as, a, as a tribute, I guess, if you will. What, one of the most beautiful things I, I've done um, in my life was uh, uh, after 9-11, my son Angelo and I, um, I took him out and we bought a flagpole and bought a 30-foot aluminum flagpole and this was the coolest thing and I recommend this to anybody that has children, nieces, nephews, brothers. If you know anybody that breathes, this is a beautiful thing to do with somebody. It, it, so him and I, living in Michigan, we, we dug down 42 inches below the frost line. We mixed the, we mixed the cement and the concrete and, and we put up this flagpole in the backyard. And I'll tell you what, it was so moving. And to this day, that it, it still stands. And you know, we get a couple custom flags and you know, we honor certain holidays and, and, and sports teams and stuff. But I thought, not only did we do that, I need to come up with a whole series. So I started this series called the Yankee Doodle. And the original series started with the fact that America represents a melting pot. Uh, people from all around the globe came to the United States. My both sets of grandparents obviously came from Europe. And these people would bring their culture, their, their colors of their flag, the colors of their communities, the color of their culture, the colors of their lives. They would bring it from wherever they came, from all four corners to the, of the world into the United States. That's why the first series started with, with a variety of colors, and it's non-traditional red, white, and blue, uh, colors of what I felt were the colors of the world. So uh, you'll see a lot of flags that you know that have the green and reds and purples and and non-U.S. colors. Uh, then I started to uh, uh, expand on that and, and start painting it in its traditional colors. Okay. It's it's beautiful. Yeah. So it's uh, it, in, in, and so you'll see the flag and 99% of them I'll write the uh, the first verse of the national anthem on the flag. So you'll <laughs> see that and then I include all 50 states. Uh, from Alabama all the way down to, uh, to to Wyoming, and me being from Michigan, I did put Ohio in there, but it's really really small. You really have to look for it. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. but o Ohio is in there. Uh, so, but it is uh, it, it's awesome. In fact, you remember that that what was it? Probably seventy inches by I forget. It was a huge flag, and that Vietnam veteran guy bought it in Dallas. Yeah. And this thing, I mean, it, it actually was bigger than that. It was like the size of a garage door, but it was cool. That was one of the most humble things I've ever been through where he's up there and this guy served and, you know, I can't imagine what he went through, what he went through yeah, and, and what he he's survived, seen and yeah. he survived yeah. and he's got a tear in his eye because of a flag that I did. Mm -hmm. And I was an emotional wreck because I, I, I look at the service people, the military, first responders, I, I look at I, with the highest respect. I mean, these are people that are willingly doing what they're doing and, and, and protecting all of us. And the home of the free is because of the home of the brave. Amen. So yeah. it, it, it's very, very rewarding when you can do something like that uh, and, and to have people come to collect just the dragonfly or, yeah. hey, we're here just to see what headdress you're painting now. Yeah. And, and it, you know, you guys, every event we go to, somebody's you guys tell me, hey, this couple came here just for that painting right mm -hmm. there, you know. So that is... 
Well, the flag's taken what? on a, 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 another life, you know, in different uh, aspects. Um, you've turned it into a, a really wonderful method for charity. The summit flags. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know, um, Habitat for Humanity. Yes. Yeah, so talk about that for so, a little bit. So the, um, I, I wanted to come up with something to, to give the people that I could raise some money. Uh, I, I realized, I wish I would have realized this years ago, but you and I, we see way too many people uh, to not go ahead and create something to promote uh, fundraising for... It's a wonderful opportunity to go ahead and, and, and get something out to, to raise money. Uh, so I picked the Gary Sinise Foundation, GarySiniseFoundation.org, um, and then Habitat for Humanity. Uh, I'll, I'll go on to the Gary Sinise first. I created these uh, summit flags that uh, you, you'll see different people who um, venture to the top of uh, Kilimanjaro or Everest or you know these crazy guys that you know or women that scale these mountains or buildings or whatever and when they reach the top they have something called a, a summit flag where they they show a flag and maybe it's a corporate identity or a prayer or some kind of image that they have or a family crest i thought well we'll come up with something uh, a yankee summit flag and if you do scale everest you know bring it along with you but not only that um it, it's gone over great because what i what the concept is is, is if you Friend me on Timothy Yankee uh, on Facebook, Timothy Yankee. Uh, once you have one of these flags, um, and every all the collectors receive these flags, uh, and and go ahead and, and post it, and I'll post it. Uh, and every time I post it, I I make a donation to the Gary Sinise Foundation. Yeah, it's, what's it's the Gary Sinise Foundation about? So they they do all the branches of the military, mm -hmm. all five branches, and they don't end there. They even go to first responders. You know, uh, EM, uh, emergency medical, uh, police, fire, families of the victims, mm -hmm. the victims themselves. Mm -hmm. They will build smart houses from bumper to bumper, supply wheelchairs, medical uh, transit, uh, anything that that somebody is in need of. Mm -hmm. uh, they will provide it for. And I'll tell you what, I what an incredible organization. Cost, so, yeah. yeah, and for people who don't under, don't know who Gary Sinise is. An incredible actor to one of my favorite movies, uh, Forrest Gump. He was Lieutenant Dan in uh, Forrest Gump. And they go around the world uh, performing the, in a Lieutenant Dan band. band yeah. So uh, what a wonderful organization to uh, to be in, in uh, to collaborate awesome. with. Yeah. And it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a great cause. And I never served in the military. My father was in the Navy. But uh, uh, these, these, these talk about courage. Yeah. Army, Air Force, Navy, Marines, yeah. Coast Guard, National Guard, and then all police, fire. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, 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 that's that's what it's all about. And that's what I meant about how we see too many people not to go ahead with some kind of program like yeah, this. Agreed. We, 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 there's, we, there's a lot of visibility uh, through the Yankee brand and through Park West. Uh, so it's it's all for good. Mm -hmm. And it's all about giving back. Yeah, good Charity. for you, Tim. Thank you. So we have... We've gotten some really, really creative uh, uh, posts and uh, sightings of the flag, both the North Pole and the South Pole. Uh, I remember uh, a newborn baby had it wrapped around him in, in Pittsburgh, you know, Stanley Cups, you know, all these different kind of places that That's people so are, cool. are hoisting these flags. Mm -hmm. And they're really starting to outdo each other with, you know, some of the creativity, nice. uh, creative ways to do it. And, and therein lies the key, giving back. So, and I tell them, you know, Support it, and I'll support it. And mm -hmm. and so uh, Nikki and I write a check every month to the uh, uh, Gary Sinise Foundation. And then the other one for Habitat for Humanity. Wow, uh, I, I love Habitat for Humanity. The fact that they 
they have something called 300, you have to go through 300 hours of sweat equity. Mm -hmm. They don't just give these people the keys. Uh, they have to learn about the finance of it. They have to actually swing the hammer. They have to learn, you know. Discipline. Discipline, yeah. sure, yeah. And, and they deserve it. And I'll yeah. tell you what, so the concept was, you know, I, I went to Oakland, every, every Habitat uh, deals with by county only. I, I thought it was like a national thing or state, you know, Habitat for Humanity. I live in, for example, Oakland County. So I got a hold of the director of Oakland County Habitat for Humanity. His name is Tim, Tim Ruggles. And I said, listen, you know, we can donate because they want money. They just want money to help out. They don't want new blenders or furniture or whatever. They'll, they'll allocate what they need to get. Uh, I said, we can write a check, but how about this? How about, how about if we provide artwork in these new homes? These people are not going out to buy fine wine. They're not going out to buy artwork, you know? And unfortunately, nine times out of 10, it's a single mother, you know, with two or three kids trying to make ends meet. And to this day, we've done probably 40 different homes. We've outfitted these homes with uh, Yankee Doodle uh, paintings. And, and I've attended a lot of, uh, a lot of the um, dedications. And talk about humbleness to be there. I mean, it, there'll be maybe uh, the, the community pastor there, a bunch of people who've you know donated the banks and whatever, and we're all there and we'll have a prayer. And then they'll uh, go down each sponsor and then they get to Park West and then I'm there and we give them the painting and to see them so emotional and thankful to be able to put a painting on their wall because they're otherwise- They're not thinking about buying art. Yeah. They're not thinking yeah. about that. Yeah. So I really want to take this to the next level and, and go statewide throughout Michigan, uh, partner up with Park West to even go national mm -hmm. as well and really start getting art in these homes. Yeah. Uh, Philanthropy is uh, an important part of your work, I know. Well, let's get back to painting. Um, talk about the words in your paintings. Words and the numbers and the, the ciphers. People are attracted to them. They, they always are. want to know. You know what is what am I looking at here? You know, I, I can't read this. I, I, I never <laughs> thought I would get the response. I, I did it as wow, that was an interesting quote. Or what did they do? the lyrics? And I'll rewind it and I'll say well, that's really interesting. I'm going to write it down. This is while you're listening to music, yeah. big time. Yeah. I, and so I'll 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 be writing down what I'm listening to and I'll maybe run out of you know space on the canvas. So I'll go ahead and finish it over there or upside down or sideways. And I'm writing it so fast, besides I have terrible penmanship, you probably can't even read it, but <laughs> I'm just writing you know, interesting things and I'm always constantly writing random numbers and, and sometimes they're meaningful numbers like anniversaries or dates or address or whatever and phone numbers. But I will include a lot of this text and copy into these paintings. I may, it may be the first thing I put on, it may, I may write 10 different times you know, and then paint over it and then paint, write it again or whatever. There's so many different layers going on with these paintings that you may look deep and say, wow, it looks like there's a word under there. What does it say? Or, and, and so many people try to decipher what the words are. And it's interesting because it now brings a communication from a viewer to the painting. It really provides an opportunity for the viewer to be, one, intrigued and to have a dialogue uh, with it. it is, it's awesome because I sit back sometimes and I watch people walk by the painting and they try to read what it says. And, and it, it, it's, it's often that I, I, I say this, that especially with the abstracts, maybe don't try to read it like a paragraph. Maybe just listen to it like a song. Like a song. Yeah. Like a song. Yeah. You know, just, just digest the whole painting. But uh, that's where the words came yeah. into, or, the, or the, uh, the text, or some passages, or something that I find interesting. I'll read it, I'll under underline it, and even maybe copy it, be just because it's intriguing. Well, the Surrealists, I think, were maybe the first to start taking things out of context and putting them into art. 
changing the context and transforming into art. Yeah. And Picasso did it too with Cubist and the first yeah. Cubist paintings. Yeah. And then of course the American pop artists that, that were famous for that, taking things out of advertising and culture and transforming sure. into the art world. So you're yeah, kind Rauschenberg, of doing, yeah, yeah. You're doing the same thing. You're taking stuff out of your environment that's in a different context. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Putting it into your, your paintings which become a, again a part of your self-portrait. I think you refer to your paintings, your abstract paintings as self-portraits. Every is a good way to, to put it. Yeah, that I firmly believe that every abstract is a self-portrait. Yeah. 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 All right, well, let's talk about music, because oh, I know how nice. important music is uh, in your work. And uh, It's probably my most important tool. It creates the, vi the, uh, the vibration of the entire painting evolves from the music that I'm listening to. And I'll listen to anything from, you know, uh, Martin Denny to, to Philip Glass to, you know, Fish, Widespread Panic, Phoenix, Tame Impala. Uh, if, if it's rocking, if it's moving, if it's... Uh, jazz whatever it, it it it's the backbone to all my paintings uh, i can't imagine what my paintings would look like if i ever painted in silence but i should probably try that one time but uh uh no it is it's in it's white canvas <laughs> i think my head would just explode i wouldn't know what to do but You'd become uh, a conceptual artist yeah right yeah so it is a backbone um it's often loud uh it's thumping it's movement and it creates and provides uh, the movement into my paintings it, it really does it, it's often people say you know what it looks like your painting is is musical you know it, it, it almost visually looks like it like it sounds visual music exactly mm -hmm. and I often tell them you know listen to the painting don't read into it listen to it because yeah. there's a lot to hear just by by uh, looking at it with your eyes that's cool that gives yeah. people an interesting perspective into yeah. abstract art you know listen view, to it. view it with yeah. your ears yeah Right? Uh -huh. That's the way you should do it. Yeah. And your heart and your and, soul. And it, it opens them up to the energy and the painting. So what are you listening to now? Give me your like top four or five uh, oh, you're killing me. music. Really? Just off the top of your head right now, yeah. this moment, uh, on, the, on the ship. This, this, I, I was this listening week. to Martin Denny. Martin Denny. Uh, you were telling me about this last night. Martin Denny's like a Polynesian yes. uh, like it, it, from the 50s or 60s from or something? 59, 60, 57, 1957. <laughs> yeah, and it's very, yeah. uh, so before I came here, I had... Uh, I'm a big, I'm a huge fish fan, so I played a lot of fish. You like jam bands in general, right? Uh, jam bands, well, yeah. it's wonderful to paint with. You know, when I first started in my basement, you know, I had a turntable down there. Mm -hmm. You know, and you got what, 35, 40 minutes yeah, aside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And in the songs were sometimes four minutes or eight minutes or whatever. And here you get into a jam band, you get into Mountain Jam by the Almond Brothers. It goes on for 48 minutes. <laughs> you know, that's pretty easy to paint to. You know, and so. Uh, and now with the fact that you can create your set list and whatever totally genres that you want google music you know youtube red you yeah. know all these outlets that have this music yeah. and and now every avenue has a genius bar like if you like this you'll like that right you know and you can go on for days and never hear the same song twice mm -hmm. it's really cool isn't oh it, it is yeah. it's so cool so That's speaking amazing. of technology um here we are now we've got this situation where we have instantaneous content at our fingertips, whatever we want, it's all out there. So, there, how, do, how do you think? What's your take on the transformation of our world and our culture because of the digital revolution? We all know that technology changes the world all, in every way; it always has. And now we're still kind of in the first part, the Wild West period, so this transformation. I totally agree. How do you feel that art is going to fit into that? Well, I think first of all, we're dealing with a society that no longer has patience at all. It's got to be instantaneous, right? I mean, yeah. we, we, look what the micro microwave did to us. 
Yeah. Wow, are you kidding me? You can I eat something cook, up? I got to put cook that pot pie for forty five minutes. It, 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 unfortunately, technology has taken away Main Street America. Yeah. You know, uh, you can get any kind of gratification, any kind of product by hitting a return button or an enter button. Everybody wants immediate attention and you want immediate gratification. So many facets, whether it be social media or whatever, is there, it presents itself. But I think a painting is a snapshot. It really is. In a world that everything's 110 miles an hour, boom, a painting is stationary. It, it, it's a snapshot of a day, it's a snapshot of somebody's creativity. Uh, that doesn't disappear or get lost into uh, the, the the vast web that's our world yeah, right now. It's preserved in time. <clears throat> it's preserved in time. Yeah, and it, it really is. And to go ahead and create something that one, your children will look at in 10, 15, 30, 40 years, or your great-grandchildren, or they'll be in books, or they'll reference it somehow. Wow, that's that, that was done on this date in this year. You know, right now with media and information and news and Facebook or whatever, things are just flying by. There's nothing that's preserved. Yeah, it's ephemeral. So, is that where you were going with that question? Yeah, it's, it's, I, I, it's, I, yeah. yeah well, I was just wondering your take on it, you know, because, uh, you know, art, art's never going to go away because it's wired into us, you know, it goes all the way back to pre one times, yeah. It, you know, right? I mean, yeah. it, it, well, if you want to look back at a particular time yes. to your culture, art is where you find the greatest DNA for it. Right. Right. Yeah. That represents. Yeah. Yep. 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 It, it creates a beautiful visual timeline. Well, thanks for your take on that. I want to talk about one more topic before we, we bring it to a close, and that's Yitzhak Tarkai. Wow. Yeah, because you knew him for 30 years, like me. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. And an amazing artist, changed the world. Fantastic arts, man, too. Fantastic man. And you had a time with him when he was in your studio with you, working with you? Yeah, he was there for three weeks. I had done a couple of events, and I'd come back. Uh, Park West needed him, uh, you know, to, to paint. And uh, he says, uh, you know, I want to paint in, uh, in Yankee studio. I thought, wow, that was an honor. Sure. And I was just blown away to have his presence there was just fantastic. And... And I'd be painting something, and I'd look over my shoulder, and there he is painting his paintings. And I'm, th I'm thinking, wow, if, if, if I die today, I, I'm a successful artist because <laughs> this, this, this cat was painting in my studio <laughs> for three weeks, man. It was awesome. Uh, if there was a downside to him being there, and that it would have to be the fact that he loved the uh, Elvis station on my satellite radio, and we listened <laughs> to Elvis the entire time. So, <laughs> but that's a, it was awesome. And he would have he'd bring in some you know cheese, you know, and some wine, and, and it was just awesome to to be there. And we we uh, we cross pollinated ideas actually. He, I mean, he, he introduced me to these these acrylic sticks that you see him using in a lot of his paintings, and then uh, I introduced these uh, the whole clayboard thing to him and uh, he loved the surface of this clay board because yeah, describe he, the clay board the clay board is masonite that's covered in uh, uh, they have gesso board watercolor board clay board uh, and the clay board is clay covered masonite that's um, sanded extremely smooth and it's a wonderful wonderful surface to paint on one it remain it retains the brilliancy of the colors that you apply uh, there's, it doesn't fade. Uh, you can intaglio, you can scrape, scratch into it, pen and ink, graphite, smear, you can add watercolor. It is so durable. Uh, and, and the results that you get, and when, when, when the paintings dry or whatever, it's, it's as if it just came out of the, the, the tube. And uh, Tarkai was fascinated with, the, with this surface. In fact, I took him to a, 
uh, to the art store and uh, we bought, he, was, he, he wanted to start doing these smaller paintings, these five by sevens. So I think we bought maybe 10 cases of, of these five by seven uh, clay boards and we shipped them to his studio and he had passed away not mm -hmm. too much longer after that. So those clay boards are still sitting in the studio. But uh, so the clay board was, uh, it's, a, it's a great surface to work with. Uh, as an artist, you're always looking for different surfaces, whether it be a cow skull or, or a, I'm even thinking, you know, maybe I should start doing some drum skins, you know, some Native American, you know, where I can paint on the hides of the drums. Uh, there's, there's, if it's flat or even if it's not flat, uh, I want to paint on it. Uh, and, and I just recently started back into oils. I haven't done oils. Oh, really? and yeah, I yeah. have not done oil painting since college. Mm. And uh, I, there's two things. I want to get back into oils big time. And uh, I want to invest in an etching uh, press. Uh, I really, can really see your work in etching. Seriously, right? I really want to yeah. dive into that. I got Aquatube. the, I got the yeah. space at the studio, and I really want to dive into that. So I don't know what took me so long to get back into oils. Mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting because after a couple of landscapes I would do, uh, I would start maybe, you know, altering what the landscape looked like. Next thing you know, I'm painting these abstracts mm -hmm. in oils. Wow. And, Maury, I'll tell you what, it, it, it was like a whole new avenue of delight for me to take How because cool wow these oils are totally reacting different and look at these colors that i'm blending and it's still wet and i can move it over here and it's just it, it was almost like being on it's interesting you know they asked jerry garcia one time you know what's what's the difference you know like playing live you know, opposed to being in, 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 in a studio. Yeah. And he said, well, when you're in a studio, it's like being in a ship in a bottle, you know? But when you're, when you're painting live, it's like you're in a rowboat on the ocean uh -huh. because you can go anywhere. Yeah. That's why I felt with these oils. Like, wow, these, these are so manipulatable that I could take them in any direction. And the colors that, the blending that you get with these oils are unlike anything you would get with the, with the acrylics. Right. And colors that have no business being with one another, all of a sudden there's a there's a beautiful union and, and match here. Mm -hmm. You do that with an acrylic, you're going to get mud or it's going to turn dark or whatever. Mm -hmm. So uh, hang on to your hat. There's going to be a lot of a lot of uh, oil paintings uh, uh, coming down uh, the pike here, especially abstracts. Can't wait to see them. Oh, they're Can't a lot of great. fun. A lot great. of fun. Well, Tim, thanks for taking time to be with us and uh, sharing uh, your story. Oh, my it's pleasure. amazing. And uh, that was this was awesome. I'm so happy for you with all the success you've you've achieved. You've you've earned it. You've walked the walk, man. Your art Thanks, is Warren. really exceptional, and it's just such a delight to see people who, in many cases, have had no inclination whatsoever to look at an abstract painting. When they meet you and they understand what it's yes. about, and that you take them on that journey, yep. they can't wait to get them home and hang them in their houses and enjoy them in a different way. Now, yeah, and you're opening up a world to them that they would have experienced. It is music to my ears when somebody says. We never thought we'd be collecting abstract, and we have X amount of yours or whatever. Right, right. And that's that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. That is so cool. If you're not familiar with Tim's work, you can check it out on the Parkwest website. It's parkwestgallery.com. We have lots of images always up of Tim's work. Thank you, Maury. Appreciate yeah. it. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to Parkwest Galleries Behind the Artist. To learn more about Parkwest Gallery's family of artists, visit us online at parkwestgallery.com or follow us on social media. You can subscribe to Behind the Artist on your favourite podcast app and be sure to rate and review the podcast on iTunes.